You guys all know the music, but do you know that I have Gary from Hoops and Cards with me right now for an episode of the Basketball Card Strategy Show? My man, man, Gary. What's, What's up, up Paul? How are you, man? How are you? Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Good to see you, too. Hoops and Cards, the pod, hoopsandcards.com. How's everything going with you? It's going well, man. Uh, loving the playoffs. And, uh, you know, it's it's a roller coaster ride with the card market. But, no, I'm, I'm doing well trying to stay afloat with three teenagers in our house and a lot of sports stuff going on. But, yeah, yeah, hanging in there. Speaking of Not- trying to stay afloat, go to bobscardmarket.com and join the Discord and try to stay afloat on that discord. Cause there's a lot going on there. Bobsmartmarket.com. Really? Join the discord. They're a loyal, loyal sponsor of the show. So we need to give them a shout out. Uh, today's episode brought to you by Bobscardmarket.com. And uh, Gary, I don't know if you're a discord guy or not. Does hoops and cards have a discord? We do have a discord and it's mainly basketball card collectors and investors. It's a blast too. So yeah. Nice. I'd love nice. for you to check us out on Instagram at hoops and cards. Yeah, check check yeah. that out. Check check out Gary on Instagram at hoops and cards and and uh search for the hoops and cards pod. Gary brings it strong on all things hoops and cards talk, but today we're here to talk about how to make money flipping basketball cards. But Gary, we need to dig deep, right? And get creative because it's one of those times a year where you're you're basically buying football cards. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like with basketball cards right now, uh, it's like how to not lose money. Yeah. <laughs> like the, we're about to go into the off season, and a lot of teams already are. And so, I mean, I see, as you've seen, people dumping isn't the right word yet, but they're getting out of basketball cards and buying into everything else that's about to, you know. Yeah. Baseball, football, yeah. It does feel that way. It does feel a little bit like people, you know, understandably want to liquidate some of the cards that they've been holding all basketball season, regardless of how things are going. And so I think that I see, like, I don't know if you've, if you've caught any of the episodes of our sports card strategy show recently, but we've had these situations where like the Anthony Edwardses and the Tyrese Maxis of the world are basically their bigger cards are like a wash. So like their contenders, rookie ticket autos, even in the high grades, um, like Anthony Edwards, Donruss Optic Auto, like all, all those kinds of cards are basically a wash, which isn't horrible because you're kind of getting out what you put in and you got to hold it and try to make a play. But the play didn't really work out, I think, the way that uh, a lot of us wanted it to. Um, so it kind of brings me to tee you up for what kinds of things are you thinking about in terms of plays to make for basketball right now you mentioned being smart about not not being not putting yourself in a position where you'll lose money but is there anything you're looking at maybe buying right now from a basketball card standpoint that's a little bit creative yeah i think i think for my personal collection i have to view cards a little bit differently because right now those are going to take a hit or they already have been but for investing I'm looking at the cards I have right now and saying, uh, how attached am I? Because this card is going to be worth 20% less in three months. It, we're going into basketball card uh, purgatory. I don't, I don't have a better word for it. but like, yeah. and, and so looking at my cards and saying, what can I part with now that maybe I could buy back in three or four months? And as far as buying basketball cards, I am making a shopping list for those later months and saying, I mean, I've, I don't know how you guys track your your card budget or what you have, but the cards that I've been selling, I'm setting some of that money aside for like a shopping spree in October and November. I okay. am I'm filling up my eBay watch list with cards that are unique, and we'll get into some of those like game worn stuff of the goats, players like LeBron James and Steph Curry. Like those are those prices are coming down, and I'm seeing people selling them for cheaper, and so I put them in my watch list. I'm like, there's a part of me that just wants to click buy it now. And I'm like, I got to drink my own Kool-Aid here and say, just just wait. There's going to be better cards and better deals, right? Yeah, you talked about um, in our show notes, investing in a legacy. So focusing on LeBron and Steph long term and their trajectories yeah. as players in card markets. So 
you're you're thinking with those two guys specifically to make a shopping list and yep. just monitor them over the summer and see what deals you can get. I think that's smart because I think over the summer we're going to have a lot of people focused on especially in July um focused on buying the Burrows, the the Trevor Lawrences, the Jalen Hurts of the world, even Mahomes. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to go maybe maybe go back to the Josh Allen well for another try, things like that. Right. So I think that looking at basketball cards in the summer makes sense. Let me ask you a question, though. Let me just dissect one thing you said, because I think you and I have, we've had some debates on Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, things like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but this is going to be, a question around the timing of the market. So for me, I've seen a pattern of looking at basketball card prices being really, really bottoming out in August and then starting to rise in October based on the preseason and the hype of basketball coming back around and tipping off again in late October. And then sort of being on a up and to the right slight movement in November, but then getting back down in December. So one thing you said in a minute ago was you're looking to buy in October and November. That's right. Is there a specific pattern that you, so we're, you and I are a little bit off. Let's talk about that. Cause I think it's a good sure, thing sure. to talk about in front of the audience. <clears throat> I would be looking at buying in August or December and I would look at October and November as a pocket to sell. But what, where are we off on that? What are you seeing that I'm not seeing? And before you answer that question, good morning to Chad Gill, Evan. Hey, Chad, Bell, what's up, dude? Oh, my shoes. Yes, sir. Uh, the, the, uh, the crew. Good morning, crew. What's up, crew? Uh, yeah, Paul, last season I was with you. I was like, buy in August, and you'll start to see the NBA card values going up. September, October preseason, anticipating the new rookie class, the new, you know, the, the, the next chapter of John Morant, Anthony Edwards, and those guys. And, uh, and we weren't wrong on that, but I had a guy, uh, a friend of mine who is in our discord, uh, Brett from splash hit sports cards. He, he is into all sports. And so he was at the time, uh, encouraging me, Hey, uh, focus on goats, wait till November and December for NBA cards, even early January. And I was like, at first I was like, oh, whatever, Brett, like I know the NBA, like that's my, that's my hey, lane. Shut up, Brett. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and what happens basically, we, love you, Brett, all, by the way. <laughs> we do love you, Brett. What happens is what you're talking about, the initial wave of NBA season coming back, the, the big names do start to rise. The people that everybody know about knows about, like John ja Morant, uh, Zion Williamson, certainly Victor Wembanyama. This year, you are going. You're going to see exactly what you described, and that may be only one percent of players in the NBA. The Luca, okay. the, the people that are like the top notch, hyped in the sports card market. The people every dealer knows about, uh, and knows about their greatness, and knows about their uh, um, liquidity or how quick they are to sell. So, so you're right. But so am I when it comes to the other 98% of players. See, I, I look at the, the Shea Gilgis-Alexanders, the Mikel Bridges, the guys that played like all-stars for three or four months this season, they will not go up unless there's some big trade or some, gotcha. something happens or they drop 60 on game one and everybody freaks out. Like uh, Generally, the curve on NBA does not start to tick up. Um, now, that might change if the new release times – that screwed everything up too. The NBA new releases have been behind like what a year. <laughs> we're not getting yeah. Yeah. we're not getting rookies of Paolo Bancaro until his rookie season's almost over. Like so, that could impact things. But for the most part, people are waiting till the football season and and playoff rush, and then January when you see more primetime games in of the NBA. You see the playoff races start to take shape. You see guys that have that have started to have all star campaigns, and uh, and so January feels like when people turn their attention and their spending money more towards the NBA as a whole, not just the big name, you know, Kobe, uh, not just the top dogs. Okay. Good stuff. Sense. Yeah, totally. Totally. So good stuff from Brett. Brett is in the house. He's uh, he is. Hey, he is. what's up, man. Um, Did good you stuff. like that shout out, Brett? You're like you, you won me over, man. It is not buying time in the NBA, like at large, until like November, December. Interesting. And, okay. And perhaps that's because, and Brett can chime in. Perhaps that's because he sees 
look, there are better buying opportunities uh, for investors or for, for short term, like flippers in, in the months of August, September and October than to just get early on the NBA wave. So he's, okay, he's that kind of lines up with my patience level, you know, like, spender, yeah. <laughs> right. Like I think everybody who listens to the show understands I'm, I'm in the shorter window. So that makes sense. So uh, good morning to Rocky empire sports cards. Good to see Rocky. you um, real quick, Gary, before we move on to the next topic, cause I'm still interested in this. So are you, what, what are you saying is the best time to sell then? So, because I'm, this is a selfish question, but I think it applies to the audience. I'm holding a bunch of Cade Cunningham's. And it may, it may just depend on it. We might be in a, in a situation in 2023, 2024, where maybe it depends on the player. Like maybe it's more player specific on yeah. when is the best time to sell. So there, so I, in other words, there might be like, I'm interested in your take on this, but let's say Cade has positive news in the off season about his recovery. Looks like he's going to make, you know, looks like he's going to come back full speed for training camp all that stuff's lining up. That could be a good time just when he's in the news cycle to sell him because what we could see is like maybe he plays well in 2023, 24, but maybe he's not doing anything spectacular, right? Maybe there's nothing going on in Detroit that's spectacular that would really move the needle. What are your thoughts on like, um, not necessarily the best time to sell Cade Cunningham, but just the, but just the overall thought process of what, what are, if we're saying that the best time to buy is more of november december <clears throat> when when are we saying is the generally the best time to sell or are we saying maybe that's not there anymore and you have to take it on mm. more case-by-case basis mm. yeah it, i agree with you on player and case-by-case basis and what i like to do is i i use ebay a lot for selling i if it's a card i know i've got as an investment or a short-term investment I will list the card at a buy it now price that I would be willing to sell it at should that guy make the news. So if there's good news about Cade Cunningham and there is a bump, I'll start to get offers or somebody will just buy that thing if I've set it at like a reasonable price. Right. So I I like at least putting it out there and saying it's for sale, whether that's in person at a show or on eBay somewhere so that you can take advantage of that bump. Uh, The other thing I'd say, too, with, with selling or buying right now is what's your risk tolerance? Like I, I would stay away from Cade Cunningham completely for five or six months, unless they draft Victor Wembanyama, and it looks like Detroit's like living your dream of returning to the glory days. Oh no, that's what I'm hoping for. Right, right, and, and, and there's no denying Cade Cunningham's talent, or I could say the same about Lamelo or Zion. My risk tolerance is to say, how many years are these young guys going to get injured or shut down for 40 games, and I'm sitting here holding the bag. Like, I think, I think that's hit Cade Cunningham investors hard. And you, some of you are holding on for the ride. He's great. Like he's got all that potential. I just don't have the risk tolerance to stick with him. Yeah, that's a good point. And this is another thing I love about basketball card investing and flipping and sports cards in general, obviously, but is like, there's, there's a little bit of, there's, we're constantly learning. We're constantly figuring out what makes sense in the moment or in the, the, month to six month window that we're looking at or if we're if we're looking at a wider window that's fine but i'll throw out an example one thing i've seen recently and i mentioned this real quick on on monday's sports card strategy show is i mentioned earlier that we've we've seen like these bigger cards of the younger guys that have a lot of love and a lot of hype in the hobby, like the Maxis, the Edwardses of the world, we've seen the, their bigger cards be a wash. And I wonder if there's a couple different factors at play here. One factor I think is that there's some pricing built in within the hobby because the hobby yeah. loves those guys. Yeah. Um, so there's some built in pricing within the hobby. They're also not household names. So there's not, there's not a market outside the hobby necessarily for anybody who isn't really familiar with them yet to want to buy their cards. So they haven't like broken through that glass ceiling yet or whatever that maybe they will, but they're going to, but we know what that's going to take. That's going to take them being maybe an NBA finals MVP or something like that, which is not likely for any player in the league. Now, I think the other factor at play here is that if we rewind back to uh, like March, April of 2021, two years ago, that's when we all got the news that PSA was shutting down 
to catch back up on their enormous backlog, right? So that took away grading from the flipping situation, at least at PSA. A bunch of people pivoted to SGC, which was great, fine, but that didn't really do what was happening prior to that and what is happening now. Now that PSA for almost a full year has been like grading cards at, let's say a three to four month clip in a bulk value submission of $19 a card. Now I wonder if the way to make money has now come back to the buy a 10 to $15 raw card and have it graded because I have made money on those plays with Tyrese Maxey and Anthony yep. Edwards and yep. those guys. So it's, it's not that those players can't make you money, but I think it's not, it's getting out of the, maybe a stale mindset of like, I've got to now go buy this big card, which you don't have to do anymore because there's grading opened up. Now it's like, I can, I can put $30 into a card, maybe have the upside of 150, but only have the downside of maybe like 20. And now you don't have to spend $500 on a card to make 50 or lose <laughs> 300. Um, yes. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking now with all of the purchases I'm making, I'm thinking that way, but what do you, what do you think about that, that thought process? No, that's a great point. We got to get, we got to get creative. We got to think outside of the whatever, whatever box and say things like buy and grade, but I've had some great success with those recent basketball player cards grading and some not so great success. And it's kind of taught me to say, look, if that comes back a nine, I just wasted $19. And sometimes yeah. is, it, is it worth it? If you're going to possibly get a card, you know, that all of a sudden is worth five or eight times what you, you know, what you paid for it. Yeah. I mean, it's worth it. I've just got to get better at getting other people to look at my cards and say, Oh yeah, that, that could be a 10 that that's, you know, exactly. I, me wishing it to be a 10, isn't going to make it a 10. I need, I need the other eyes on it. Um, I do think you're right. Like getting creative, not just thinking about the player, but thinking about uh, the card, the condition, the timing of buy and sell, like what I hope to get out of it. I try to try to encourage people to have, and I, I try to think this through myself, like before I even go shopping to buy a card, do I have some idea of my in mind of when that card would sell? You know, like having a selling plan and how I'm going to do it. Because sometimes it is like, I know I want to buy a, a well-centered, sharp-looking card that I'm going to send off to grading and get it back in time for, you know, next year's All-Star game. It, it seems yeah. like it seems like if I'm a um, if I'm a basketball card investor looking at uh, current events, I want to be ready for buying at the start of the season. I want to be ready for the All Star push and you know any any big names that seem to be on the rise. Last year, this year it was Shea Gilders Alexander, and certainly the playoffs. And the last four weeks have gone quickly, and some guys that we were super excited about for like a year. Anthony Edwards won't be playing basketball for another six months. Like, you know, so you got to be ready for that. And, and what's going to happen to those cards? I'm even thinking like the Steph and LeBron thing, absolutely legacy buys, but we could be talking about one of them, by the way, go Lakers with last night's win, Lonnie Walker. What the heck? Yeah, um, that's your guy. But it could be like the next chapter of LeBron James's greatness in a year that he knocks off Steph. Giannis is already out. Like it, it could be a clear path, not clear. Nothing's easy, right? Everything's earned. But it could be another chapter in LeBron's. I'm just saying to think ahead to what events are next and yep. buy with the plan to sell when those happen. Yeah, totally. So we're going to go in two different directions here, but like, let's go down. First, I want to go down the legacy buys, which which we I think is a great agenda item that you threw out there. Um, so LeBron and Steph. And then, and then I want to go down the Cam Thomas, Bones Highland, uh, <laughs> Greeny Green's in the comments. So I see you, Greeny hey, Green. So then, then we'll go down that that sleeper road. Hey, Greeny's <laughs> a Northeast Ohio guy, right? Shout Greeny out Green. Ohio. Yeah. Greeny, tell us more about you. I don't. We don't know your name. We don't know. Uh, we, we don't know anything. T tell us what you're willing to share in the comments because we love you. You've been. I think he's an Ohio guy. All right. Nice. Love it. So <clears throat> we love Ohio guys. Uh, Gary's an Ohio guy. So there we go. Um, all right. 
And then there's some Victor Wimbanyama chatter in the uh, in the comments as well mm -hmm. that I want to get to. I see Chad Gill. I see Greeny Green talking about that. So we'll get to that. But um, Steph and LeBron. So I think you, you just made some great points about LeBron. I, I have never been higher on LeBron. I've never been higher on LeBron from a... Now, now is another like because there was a whole Gary V wave of LeBron <coughs> car rookie cards um, in 2019. Gary Vaynerchuk was telling everybody these are too low. You got to go scoop them up. And then of course he, I, you know, I believe he was right about that. I'd never really checked the data, but I heard the chatter that those things did go from whatever price point he had them at. They, you know, they they five x or whatever from there. And then you obviously had to sell them uh, in 2021 when everything was hot to really to cash in on that because they came back down. But I think what I've learned is that with LeBron, a few things about a player and a few things about the cards. The things about the cards are that right now, there appear to be some really good deals on his rookie, say, Fleer tradition, tops, base, um, mm -hmm. those types of cards that are not the upper deck, that are not the, the, up, the kind of upper deck crap uh, junk wax stuff. <laughs> um, because he has a, a whole ridiculous amount of upper deck, but there's, there's a few, there's a, a handful three to five <clears throat> base rookie cards that are Fleer or tops ish, or even bazooka Joe, right? That's another, right. One I've got one. Yes. Sweet. So those, those I'm high on because you can get them in high grades in CSG and or SGC slabs. Um, and there is a significant movement should they just get the same equivalent grade at PSA. Um, that's not for everybody, but that is a play. And then there's also the the fact that you made that there is no shortage of markers going away for this guy. Like, he's yeah. already the NBA's all-time leading scorer. He's already a, a multiple-time NBA champion. What has he got, four of them now? Yep. Um, so he's got four championships, two with the Heat, one with your Cavs, and one with the Lakers. He's got another squad in Los Angeles right now that's winning. Bronny looks like he's going to be a top 10 pick. That's a thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, because he wants to play with Bronny. We've talked about that before. And then um, he wants to own an NBA team in Vegas. He's an icon. He's not. There's no shortage. He's in a class of his own in terms of active players, in my opinion. Yep. Steph would be like the next, right? But like, but LeBron, I've never really been high on LeBron. I've, I've definitely never been higher on LeBron cards than I am right now. I'm not necessarily saying go out and buy a bunch of LeBron right now because of the playoff run, but I do see so many LeBron plays and I see him being a buy through, I guess, December. <laughs> like if you can get, if you can get the right deal, the right deals on LeBron cards. So anything yep. to add to that? Yep. Um, I'm seeing some of the best deals I've ever seen on graded LeBron rookies. You mentioned tops, um, tops, Chrome, like some of those fantastic deals. This may be the time to, if, if that's out of your price range, get creative and, and think about trade, you know, trading some of the cards you have to get into one of those cards now while you can. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. And, and I would say a caution about like, if, if you are thinking, if you're if you're planning as a short-term investor on LeBron, that's that seems like more of a gamble or a bet on Anthony Davis being able to stay healthy than it does actually whether or not LeBron is great. You know, the Lakers the Lakers run yeah. could end at any moment, and it's exciting. I hope it happens. They've got more supporting cast than they had in January, which is great to see D'Angelo Russell and you know Vanderbilt and. Rui Hachimura, what did he have a game with like six threes? Like, where does that stuff come yeah, from? What's but, going on? Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes uh, some of that's the, the LeBron makes players around him better as long as they're, they have the right attitudes and they, they do what he tells them. He is kind of a control freak at times, but it's like, what are you going to argue with that? You know, he's, he's, yeah. uh, he's been a success, but no, I think uh, Paul, I think in our notes too, um, I mentioned to you something about like the pre fanatics era when fanatics starts to make a lot of the basketball, like when they start to bring a higher profile and get more athletes involved, all that stuff. I see that's that stuff only. I mean, we're going to see a lot of current and new products and, and hype. And at the same time, LeBron and Steph are still at the top of this league. Right. And everybody's going to want to get those cards. I, I see a future upside trustworthiness like draw towards having those players and getting those cards 
earlier than the next whatever that big wave is in the future. Yep. I agree. Sense? I totally agree. I'm feeling that as well. I'm feeling like now's the time to do some extensive research into what LeBron cards, what Steph cards are, are what can you afford and what are the ones that you don't, you don't want to just buy LeBron or Steph cards to have LeBron or Steph cards. Cause there are a lot of junk ones out there, but there, there are good ones and the good ones we've kind of named off, you know, you want to go with the tops of the world essentially uh, for Steph and LeBron. LeBron has a Fleer that I think is legit. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there's the, like Bazooka Joe, I'm not necessarily recommending that. I'd do some research into that. That's going to be maybe harder to sell, not as liquid, but still better than any of the upper deck ones. But I think now is the best time to do some extensive research into those guys, figure out what you can afford, put them on your watch list, try to make deals. Uh, there's no reason to go out and overspend on this stuff. Gary's really good at that. Um, I'm good at, wait, I'm good at overspending? No, you're good at not <laughs> overspending. You're good, <laughs> okay. you're, you're, good at, you're good at controlling yourself. You know, you had, you had a great point a second ago, Paul, about buy and grade. I think you could do that with some nice LeBron cards. Like buy a a numbered LeBron card from this year, Prism, yep. or a, a silver LeBron card that, that looks great. Or a, a, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's a buy and grade opportunity with LeBrons because everybody's going to want LeBron 10s of unique cards. You know, um, the LeBron Net Marvels is one of my favorites. Like it, those are hard to get a 10 in, but it, it's just the kind of card. And same thing with um, game worn stuff of either of those guys. And I, when I first messaged you about even talking about these guys, I wanted to add Giannis and maybe another guy or two. And I'm like, no, Giannis just got bounced in the first round. Like there's no, there's nobody else up there with, I I don't want to talk about Durant right now. Like this is Curry and LeBron are the dudes of this generation. And they're still they're still writing their book. They're still writing their stories, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think if you're if you're ripping a box and you're getting the young guys, or you can find a, a deal, a play. You know what the play is. So it's a Josh Giddy optic uh, optic hollow that that looks like a 10 it just legit just really looks like a 10 maybe you can even get a loop out maybe you can even maybe you can even you know uh get a ruler out and and you feel good about it being a 10 that's a play things like that right but other than things like that i think you're looking at narrowing your focus down to the guys that gary just mentioned and you know maybe there's some peripheral there's definitely like other peripheral plays but i think that's where you're getting into sort of the Chad Gill territory of um, <laughs> the market movers research and figuring out, okay, this is where you can buy raw and the gem rate is this, the PSA nine rate is this, this is the risk, uh, risk factors low, or you're cracking and submitting. I think, I mean, I'm all about all that stuff, but I think right, we, right. we've evolved from a time where you and I first started making content together uh, about a year ago. We were in a, we were in a different time where it was like, Hey, we can prospect. We can buy yes, this guy's yes. rookie ticket auto. Now it's kind of like, well, I don't know so much. Although let's segue into that, right? Because on your agenda, you also talked about which guys maybe we could prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Greeny Green says he's buying Bones Highland and Cam Thomas right now because they're dirt cheap. What's your what's your take on prospecting? Who who are you looking at, or are you are you just fading all of the prospecting game at this point? Um, when you say fading, like I, I, w- I would say I'm not majoring on it as much. I've found, I've found a number of guys that I like who I would still consider prospects. It's, it's almost like the, the, the first round exits of all of these young teams that are loaded with talent, like Memphis, Cleveland, Oklahoma city, the Pelicans, Minnesota, a lot of the guys that are Super young stars. I mean, it, big names like Anthony Edwards and Ja and Evan Mobley, but also like lesser known names that I would have added to this list previously. I would have said Trey Murphy. I would have said Jalen Williams, uh, the one J-A-L-E-N in, in Oklahoma City. I would have said, um, you know, a, a variety of names here. And and I'm just, I think it's because it's, it's second round of the playoffs. We're seeing uh, who the real men in this league are. We're seeing Jimmy Butler. We're seeing James Harden. We're seeing the guys that are are thirty teaching lessons to these younger dudes. We're seeing. I mean, I mean, didn't did anybody expect the Lakers to bounce Memphis so quickly after 
after that, we made fun of the Lakers and their frailty for the whole season. And Memphis has had, you know, uh, 10 guys who could start for any NBA team. Like we freak out over the young, the young players. And then we get to May and it's like, whoops, uh, <laughs> this is a, this is a man's league. And, yeah. and these are the moments when guys either step up or they don't. And, and some of them that have stepped up, Paul, I think that's what I've been looking for is what are the guys that have a chance to become men in the league and step up in the big moments in the playoffs. And so I'm, I'm going to be watching Tyrese Maxley closely tonight. I think this is a put up or shut up time for him. Like I, I, as an, as an investor, like as a, as a fan and collector, I love him as an investor. I'm going like, dude, you cannot come out tonight and go four for 16. Like this is, this is time to, to grow up and show us what you can do. And so like, I, I would say prospecting, it's, it's not just the short term. I'm looking for a Cam Thomas who's going to get 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 a month and I can flip. That's the strategy. And that that may work. Right. It's worked for some of us. And we've said there's there was a flip moment. However, um, now we're in that moment where on one hand, it's Cam Thomas bargains. On the other hand, it's still when is Cam Thomas ever. Right. I don't have any guarantees that Cam Thomas will ever be a starter in the NBA. Is right he ever now. like, is he, is he, is he not, does he not practice hard? Like what's the deal? Like why does he, know. you know, like what, but cause when he gets on the court, he, he lights it up, but he, he can't get on the court. So, okay. Right, so, right. so it's like this theme kind of throughout this episode is that it's almost like focus on the card, not the player because, and, and, and that might be not, for everybody like you you might be good at sports betting sports gambling like there's a lot of people that are that are really good at at understanding what what's going to happen in a particular game and you know that that's like daily fantasy sports or or sports betting and if you if you feel like you know that like in Gary, so in Gary's notes he has um who kind of who will be the next Mikal Bridges, Jalen Brunson, and Larry Markinen. And I, I know what you mean by that. That because all those guys, if you would have bought them, say a couple of years ago or 18 months ago, you would have had a large window of opportunity to make money and sell them because they significantly improved as players. Yeah. They they all got traded to different teams. And then they significantly improved after the trade to become like all-star caliber players. So if you, if you're good enough at predicting that stuff, which some people are, um, Gary's kind of saying like, who are the next guys? What I'm saying is more of, I'm not personally that good at that. Like, I feel like that's super risky because to your point about the lake, like every year, Things are going to happen like the Lakers are going to beat the Grizzlies. The Heat are going to beat the Bucks. That happens every year in every single sport. Right. So rather than try to predict what's going to happen in a game, I would rather, because there's so many different plays to make in cards, I would rather spend time going down the rabbit hole of what cards can cross over from this company to this company at a particular grade or what cards... Hmm. could grade out well and have a higher upside with with a higher floor and focus on the players that are always going to be liquid like the bigger names there you go um yeah. and can i add something paul real quick yeah, absolutely i think another strategy that uh with as you get into more expensive cards is what some people call arbitrage like if a card is selling in a range like a lebron james patch immaculate card out of 99 from 2019 with this Lakers uniform. I've seen those listed and sell for $99 and I've seen those listed and sell for $350. I'm like, if, if there are cards that are trading within a window or take a Jason Tatum PSA 10 uh, prism, or even the Donruss rookie, you'll see some of them sell for a hundred, some are 225. I want to be that guy who's there when, you know, some seller that just wants to dump 10 of them is selling them for like, 100, 120, and then flip them for 200, you know, when the when the Celtics advance, not tonight though, Maxie's going to get 50. When they advance in game seven, be that guy that makes money on Tatum. There's an arbitrage opportunity, I think, but that's with, like you said, higher end players. That's with higher end. 
And the thing has to happen in real life too. So like, if you're into that, I get, and like AG cards, I want to bring this in because I respect AG underscore cards. He's had, he's had a lot of great points in the comments about, we, I think a lot in regards to specifically Kevin Durant. So he says he, uh -uh. he definitely believes Durant will end up being a top five scorer of all time with numerous championships. He's on a team. He's on a team on the rise. The Lakers and Warriors are nearing, are nearing their windows closing. So I don't disagree. Like I actually agree with everything AG cards is saying there. Um, but I think the point that I'm making is that I would rather if to me, the play would be with, let's say, even though the Lakers and the Warriors windows, I don't actually don't agree that the Warriors windows closing. So I don't necessarily <laughs> right, right. With everything that that's actually not, I, I don't agree with that. But anyway, Durant's older than Steph, right? Or it's close. They're like uh, Durant's a 2007 ro rookie and Steph's 2009. So yeah, he's, he's in the, I don't know if he's older than close, Steph. Steph close. was at Davidson for four years and Durant was at Texas for what, like one or two. Anyway, they're yeah. about the same age. I think so that um, what I mean specifically is that we are in a time period within sports card investing where there are plays to be made for all three of those teams and all three of those players independently of trying to predict what's going to happen in real life. And I, and because of that, I would rather take the variable of predicting what's going to happen in real life out of it. Hmm. That's an opportunity. That's the macro opportunity that I believe we're in, especially with basketball cards, because, um, there's a lot of level playing field here. You can make arguments of Durant over KD or Durant over Steph or, or Steph over Durant. You can, you can make these arguments. You can make an argument. Um, if Philly advances to the finals, you could start to make an argument for Harden, you know, di different things like that start to happen. Right. I would, because it's like there's parody. I think you can dig into each one of these players cards sure. and find sure. a, play where something is undervalued and there's something that you can do within that card specifically to increase its value aka grading or crossover grading things like that so um we could argue all day like ag saying like playing with a young booker like we could argue all day what's going to happen in real life i don't even necessarily want to pay attention to what's going to happen in real life i want to go to the big name guys and i want to say these are the plays that are that are available within their cards. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, then I think we're taking a variable out of it because if, if we're not buying cam Thomas and bones Highland anymore, and we're buying Durant, Steph, LeBron, Giannis, like the big name guys, the liquid guys, then, and we're finding the play within those guys. Then I think we're reducing our margin for error basically. Sure. And Paul, I'm, I mean, I'm doing both. I'll hit the dollar box for Trey Murphy's, yeah, all summer, man. But um, I, I think we probably should clarify when it comes to card investing, you're not just saying the bigger names are your focus. You're saying the biggest names, the biggest, there's the a biggest. very, there's a very small yep. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, Steph. I, I think Steph has changed the game. Yes. Steph has changed the game. Durant is awesome. Like Shaquille O'Neal is awesome. Giannis is awesome. Like Magic Johnson is awesome. But Steph Curry has changed the game for a whole generation of young kids. And the three-pointer is now – it's it. That is it. And the Splash Brothers aren't something that Kevin Durant invented. It's Steph Curry is the guy. So I, I don't think there's an argument, Steph or KD, at all as far as impact on the game or popularity. I'm just – you know, I, yeah. I, I think that argument's over. And Durant's needed other guys to help him win titles. Um, Steph – I guess everybody needs four other players on the court, right? So, yeah, um, I think AG cards loves KD, and there's nothing wrong with that. Sure, um, and I never said disregard KD completely. Never, never said that. But, but I I'm, said I'm he's not in the same bracket as an investment. I, I agree. LeBron and Jordan and Kobe and Steph. I even, I even like I said I wanted to put Giannis in there because he's younger and I think he does have some more title runs in him, but he's not. He, right. He's well, not he, the he, class he, we're talking about. He's not. I mean, we're, we're we're he's becoming more and more risky. He's becoming agreed. You know, and and when I look at KD, when I look at Giannis, when I look at Embiid, even even Jokic, sorry shoes. 
when I look <laughs> at all these guys, I'm kind of going, they have to like, you know, they have to do something spectacular to become to, to crescendo right. and, and right. peak into this, 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 you know, Jordan, LeBron, Steph category. Exactly. Just, exactly. Not in. There's nothing wrong with being Carl Malone. There's nothing wrong with being Hakeem yeah. Olajuwon or Barkley of this generation. That doesn't mean you're not awesome, Hall of Famer, top 75, but you're not Jordan. Yeah. I think that's what so, we're talking about. So you're right, Gary. I'm I'm talking about the biggest names. And Kendall and I talk a lot about this. We we haven't actually said these words in like a little over a year, but we used to t- we used to say specifically like your your portfolio breakdown. Like what how many how many yes. Goats, heroes, and flyers do you have? And I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm my portfolio now, there's no reason for it not to look like 95% goats, which are just those elite three to four names that that we just spoke about. And then and then five to ten percent flyers. And those those would be where maybe I see a Bancaro deal or I see a a, you know, some kind Mm -hmm. of a a fun uh, flyer deal that I want to, that I want to see if I can make some money on. And if I don't, then I know that I can handle that loss because I've got 90, 90 to 95% of Jordan, LeBron, Steph, um, as the top guys. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing is like the reason we love, and there's such hype around guys like Zion, uh, LaMelo, Cade Cunningham, John Morant, Paolo, you mentioned is that they, they all come out into you know out of college or out of high school into the NBA, and they have these they, they have that huge upside. Like any one of these guys could be the next generation's Steph Curry. Yeah. They could, okay. and so we're we're buying on anticipation and hope. And I'm not saying that none of them are going to get there. I'm saying that there's a lot of question marks right now. And if it's can Lamelo stay healthy, or will will Tyrese Halliburton ever make the playoffs? I don't know. Like. Do you know what I'm saying? That there's exactly has the potential, but when you have sure things sitting there, <laughs> makes it that's, hard to that's exactly a great way to articulate the point. Is that like I'm I'm just gonna say it, like I'm fading the Halliburtons. I've already bought enough Cades. I'm not I'm not I'm not buying any more prospect. Like there's the there's obviously like the bones and Cam Thomas level prospecting. There's mm-hmm. like the the Malik Monk level prospecting or Kevin Herter level. I think this yeah, thing yeah, love it. like Mikel Bridges. If, if that floats your boat and that's fun to you, great. I'm just saying what I'm focused on is making money. I've never made any bones about that on the, any of my content. I'm focused on making money. All of this is fun, but if, but if I'm going to have fun doing all of it, I might as well make money doing it. If it's equally fun to me, <laughs> right. so to me personally, I see the the best way to make money now is to stop buying the Halliburtons, hmm. stop buying the Anthony Edwardses, and buy the LeBrons, Jordans, and Stephs. Unless there's a Tyrese Halliburton BGS nine five with a ten subgrade and not and all and other three nine five subgrades that could cross over to a PSA ten of uh with with a huge upside and then if it's a PSA 9 it's like a wash like uh, like yeah i yeah. am looking for those things and then it doesn't matter who the player is um yeah. it kind of does but it doesn't matter as much but i want to segue into something that um has been talked about in the comments and you just said the words unless a next level a next generation level talent comes mm-hmm. along kind of a thing mm-hmm. and that's happening right because we've got Victor Wembanyama about to be the number 1 pick in the 2023 NBA draft. And so um, I think that there's going to be a couple different things happening with his cards and with, with Scoot Henderson's cards and things like that. I think that the people that are buying the singles after the initial release of his cards are going to get crushed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that you have to be four to six months ahead of the thought process here. And so we have some, yep. some good thoughts in the comments here. We have people like Chad Gill and Greeny Green talking about pre-ordering the NBA hoops, uh, hobby boxes, mm. and then basically good idea. Uh, basically listing all the Wembenyamas right away. 
Um, I, I think that that, but th that's where you have to be set up to buy and sell fast. Um, you got a great rookie class coming in. I think you can make some money if you buy and sell fast on those early releases. I still think there's a window. Like, there's a lot of people that have told me, like, ah, I wish I would have bought the sports. Chad actually told me, I wish I would have bought all the Sports Illustrated for kids Wemben Yamas when you were doing <laughs> right. it. To do it, I will say I got my grades back. Um, they were phenomenal. I ripped them out myself. I tore them out of the magazine myself. I got uh, three sevens, three sixes, three fives, wow. three fours, something like that. Like nothing lower than a four. The fours are going for like 150 bucks. The seven, the eights are going for like 1200. There's only one eight actually. I wow. think um, there's the sevens are going for uh, eight, $900. And so um, I think, I just think you have to be, you, you have to be thinking about four to six months ahead of what the play would be and you have to be super super fast um anyway i'll leave it at that what do you think gary yeah i was gonna ask you and maybe the guys in the chat room how what did we learn from zion like when zion came into the league and i i believe Wembenyamba can be a lot better than zion it's just the point of having an enormous name that's like the the next face of the nba you know and yeah. um and I remember when those cards came out, even just the base raw Zion prism, I was I was starting out on a budget. I'm like, I'll never get my hands on one of those. Like I, I missed out on, I'm going to have to like sell 20 of my cards and like my car to get a Zion silver, you know? And, um, and here we are a couple of years later and it's like, I don't want to touch his cards at all. And, and anybody will sell you a Zion rookie. Like, I guess a long term, but what did you learn about the short terms? It sounds like I'm, if I'm hearing what you're saying, uh, don't overpay, obviously, for the brand new stuff, unless you're able to rip it cheaply, right? Yeah. And even then, you can't guarantee what you pull is going to be uh, centered and nice. I rem I do remember that year pulling, uh, my son and I videotaped us opening uh, just a blaster box of Donruss Optic, and he always has good luck with the cards he pulls. And like, so we're videoing, and the last card is a Zion rookie, and we just went crazy. And then we realized it was like the centering was 2080. And I'm like, yeah, sucks. Yeah. 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 It was a tease. And, um, and so I, I'd be curious what you think. Uh, it, it will there be a period where Wembenyama might not be affordable for most people? Uh, until next offseason, until the Pistons or Rockets or whoever draft him, until they go 25 and 60 and miss the playoffs. And there's this all these question marks about his long term health. Maybe that's a buying opportunity. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that's true. I think that's true. I think, like, on what well, we that's definitely like a takeaway from what we learned from Zion. Um, I think that you know, you can't, you to a certain extent, you can predict injury. Uh, injuries like you've got the Michael Porter Jr. like that you know a lot yeah. of people saw that coming you've got like Zion like Greg Oden Zion things like that unfortunate um you know we hope we hope Chet Holmgren comes back and and plays and doesn't get injured again but you start to see like a pattern and and it's, mm -hmm. to me it's all pattern recognition so it's it's I agree with you that there should be some concern about buying into Victor Wembanyama early uh, with with any new pro release coming out. Yeah. for him um with injuries i would i think that there's one play and that play is being talked about in the comments right now by chat yeah. and greeny green and others and that one play is if you can figure out a way to buy early in an nba hoops hobby box they're typically not that expensive um mm. compared to the other releases but you if you get a hobby box you should be able to sell mm. most of those cards most of the the rookies and uh, any any serial numbered and uh, the auto that you get, you should be able to worst case scenario sell them immediately for close to what you paid for the hobby box for. And if you do get a Wembenyama anything, you should be able to list that right away and profit from it. And like, don't yeah. even bother getting it graded. That kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, but like, there is there there is any singles purchase on eBay or anywhere of a Wemben Yama card or a Scoot Henderson card, 
uh, is going to have the prices baked in and greeny green kind of saying, I don't buy rookies that have the potential baked into the price. Right. That's, that's smart. What, what do you guys think about will, um, will Wembenyama and Scoot Henders, like, will this rookie class be uh, a draw enough that there will be lines at Walmart, that there will be a rush on Probably. anything, anything wax and maybe the buy and hold play is here again, like buy, buy wax and hold it or buy wax and flip it will be there again because of, the Victor Wembanyama rush, or is another play on Wembanyama? Like, say he gets drafted by um, Charlotte, maybe Lamelo Ball is the play then. Like, m- maybe he yeah. he raises the level of the superstar next to him, like a Jalen Green in Houston or Cade. You know, if you're lucky enough, that other player. Be- just because there is a uh, there will be a lot of hype this season around that team. They'll be on national TV, and they have a chance over the years to build a title contender around him. Yeah, I think that's. To, to, I like that play, but the, the timing of that play would be now. So if you think that if you, if you think that uh, Charlotte's going to get the number one pick, um, buy, like so start buying the lottery. Now. When is the lottery? Isn't it like I'm next week? Go- I'm just Googling that. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> so, like literally this week, like uh, yeah. 2023 NBA draft lottery probably is next week. Um, I'm going to pull up the, the exact date here. Um, but yeah, Tuesday, May 16th, so a week from today. There you so go. you literally have a one-week window to do what Gary's saying if you think that Charlotte, Detroit, Houston, if you think the Jalen Green, the LaMelo Ball, or the Cade Cunningham play, uh, getting Wembenyama is, the, is, is, is going to ultimately spike their value over the next two years or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, say six months to two years, then I think you need to buy those guys now. Um, so there's some interesting things in the comments too. Yeah, what are they saying? Yeah. Uh, Rocky Empire Sports Cards would love a reason to go to uh, <laughs> 3 a.m. Walmart friends again. Chad Gill is talking about um, basically if Fanatics makes tops and tops chrome basketball, which they will. Um, BD Bear Bandit, Brett, our friend Brett says it, it might initially be unlicensed. Yeah, just because of the licensing situation. Like, I could see there being a Topps Chrome basketball Victor Wembenyama set that has autos in it. Or, or, an, or a basketball set with multiple players that has Victor Wembenyama autos in it. But that's not... It, there could even be like a first Bowman. It's coming out, oh, yeah. Guys, that's coming out. I just heard on a podcast yesterday, and maybe some of you guys know about this, a, uh, a Wembenyama auto, a Caitlin Clark auto are coming out in a Bowman set. That's like they're, I think they're trying to branch into a multi-sport set that um, it sounds like it's coming out any, any time now. Like, All right. That's, yeah. that's, that's good. Good stuff. Profit, there. Yeah. You called it. That's good stuff because like now I'm, 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 I'm immediately going to list all my Wembenyama SI for kids because like, now that that's that, now there's going to be competition coming whenever that does get released that means there's immediate competition for the Wembenyama SI for kids that answers everyone's question if you're holding that right now sell the Victor Wembenyama SI well, for kids I right just now. look at the release date for that Bowman I'm talking about I would you know what I'm saying if, yeah, if look at the release. Yeah. yeah um so sell in I, advance check out check out sportscardinvestor.com too I do a monthly article on the releases. So uh, when I start doing my research for the June releases, I'll oh. put something out there and that'll be a big, if that one is coming out in June, I don't know. If yeah. Duke is. just said it. Bowman inception. That's, that's what I heard about with the Bowman auto. Duke Dodson. What up? Got Owner it. of Graybo's sports cards in Richmond, Virginia, sponsor of the sports card strategy show, big partner, check them out in the arts district of Richmond, Virginia, graybos.co. Um, Bowman Inception is going to have Caitlin Clark and Victor Wembenyama right. is what we're saying. I've not fact checked any of this. I trust you guys. Oh, Chad says late summer. Chad and I were talking yesterday offline about, I got these Wembenyama grades back. Should I list them now? And it's like, yeah, because I mean, I guess I could wait till the draft to lift, to list some of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Gary? Like, I'm holding, say, 10 of these. They're still flying off the shelves. It's May. Is it, do I wait until the draft 
to I list mean, them or do I? If you're talking eBay, um, you could list them. Like I said, at a buy it now. That's, do a buy it now. Yeah. Double what you know what they're going for now, or or what you would consider value right yeah. now, and then just see what offers you get, like or best offer, right? Yep. Caitlin yeah. Clark. So you got to move off of your Wembenyama and your Caitlin Clark SI for kids. Not that they won't be still valuable. They still will be valuable in liquid. But with this new set that we're talking about coming out, if they do have like actual Bowman first autos within this Inception set, but in, in isn't Inception like a super high dollar release? Isn't that like a it's nice. Like a it's a, it's a thicker card. It's not as high as National Treasures, but it is a nice thick card. And I'm glad they're re-releasing it. Cool. I cool. loved it in football. So this has been a fun episode. We've 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 had a lot of great stuff to talk about, a lot of audience participation. We've hit some major points, even though we've kind of been all over the map. Gary, you've got like more great stuff in your uh in your show notes that you sent over to me. Uh, I'd love for you to hit on maybe, maybe maybe tell us about your favorite off-season investment. Um, as far as a, a basketball card, like when I say I'm saving for spending season or buying season in October, you, November, you have a specific November, you have a specific guy. I think Shea Gilgis Alexander is incredible. I think yep. he's marketable. I think people love him. I think Oklahoma City is on the right path. They've been patient. They've got tons of picks they've got chet holmgren coming out now they've got you know giddy and all these guys but shea gilgis alexander is a is a dude like he is a, a an alpha he is the guy and you know what is he fourth or fifth on the mvp voting that's that's enormous for a dude you know we're we're looking at the trajectory of shea gilgis alexander at the beginning of a team that's built for a long long time to be a playoff contender and in contrast, I don't know what the Mavericks are doing. I don't know if Luca will ever get a team that fits him. I don't know if Dallas knows how to evaluate talent and keep it. Like the, the fact that Jalen Brunson is one of the best playoff performers this year and they didn't get a thing for him. I'm, I'm nervous about buying anything Luca, not because he's not Hall of Fame material, but because his team isn't. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. So, yep. but you asked Shea Gildas Alexander because he's got that. He's, he's got it, and because he's got a team around him on the way up. I love Mikel Bridges, too. I just don't know what Brooklyn can do long-term. I do know they are armed with a lot of draft picks now from trading Durant and Kyrie, and they've got a lot of young players around Bridges. And I was surprised to see him, you know, break the 30-point barrier so many times in his, you know, two months with Brooklyn. So that big market, Mikel Bridges has a lot of potential. I think both those guys are all-stars next year, and – um, you know, as much as we love Anthony Edwards, I can't say what Minnesota is going to look like. And, and yeah. if they're regretting that go bear trade for the next 10 years. Like it is awkward to watch. It's like, just get out of the way. Just yeah. like, get off the court. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he could, he could be Jordan or cope. Like he has such an incredible, I mean, Nas Reed is way better than go bear. Oh, He's way better than true. Gobert. So true. Um, yeah, you're right. I mean, Anthony Edwards, like he could, he honestly looks like LeBron. He looks like, he looks like LeBron to me yeah. when, the way that he plays. It's like, he can just glide in. Oh he yeah. Can, he makes it look so easy. And some yeah. of these guys realize you're not just investing in the player. You're investing in the team. You're thinking about the general manager and what are they going to put around a Zion Williamson or not? You know? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there are players oh. and let me rip on Scotty Barnes before we go. Okay. Go for it. You might love Scotty Barnes, but you have to look at Toronto and be like, what the heck? <laughs> like, yeah. What are you doing? And how, how are they so bad with so much talent? Like what is going on? So. Yeah, I know. I know. So like, this is, this is kind of like a reset episode for me personally. It's like, I'm resetting my basketball card strategy for the record. It's like in the last 18 months, it's been all about like, like the, the, shiny ball syndrome for me. Mm. Um, I've been fortunate enough to be probably right as much as I was wrong, but essentially that comes out in a wash. And so it's like this learning experience of like, this was fun. I didn't really make any money. I didn't really lose any mm. money on basketball cards. Um, and what I, but what I learned is enough to, to tell me to narrow my focus. Now, 
I'm, I've talked about how I'm narrowing my focus, but I also want to make the point that Gary and I have talked about a lot of different names on this show. There's a lot of different sort of basketball debates that are, that do play a role in, in making money in cards, but not as much of a role. What I want to say to the entire audience is simple. There's so many different ways to make money. That's in right. That's right. right now. Do what floats your boat. Like yeah. if you like Gary's call on, on SGA, I mean, I do. But like, but I have to, but I have to check myself. I can't. Well, I'm not buying him now. I'm buying him later. You know, six months. Yeah. From now. yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But like, yeah. so so he's on your shopping list. So yeah, if, yeah. if if you if you like if you like sort of the time frame that we talked about earlier on in the episode of like maybe buying an SGA type of a guy uh, in that fall window and then looking to sell because you think he's on that playoff trajectory. Like that. Know what your play is. Pick a play that you love, but then don't make more than that, really. Like, like don't, don't put yourself in a position where you're going to lose as much as you win because you were right and wrong because you, you can't, you're not going to be able to be right. It's like, I know Duke Dodson. Like, I know he, he, he'll, he'll throw the occasional bet or two on a, on a, on a game, right? Well, if you talk to him, I guarantee he wouldn't tell you that he's betting on like all the sports at the same time, I would think he might be honing in on the Kentucky Derby. I think he might be honing in on a particular NBA playoff series. Sort of, I just think if you if you widen your investment portfolio in sports cards too wide, you're introducing that margin for error to come in. You're introducing the probability for loss to come in at the same time that you're introducing the probability for winning. And then it's a wash. Whereas yeah. if you get strategic about what you're buying and what your play is, um, write yourself a little, a little thesis of like, I think I'm buying this card because I am going to, I think this will happen and I am going to sell this card at this time yep. and pick like the two or three max that you are the most confident about and that you can afford. And I think you're, then you're putting yourself in the best position. And I say that because we've had a lot of people come in and say, well, I think, I don't know if you can flip basketball cards anymore. I don't know if you, but I disagree with that. I think that you just you totally you have to yep. look at it in that, in, in that particular way. Hopefully this makes sense. Gary, what do you, what do you, what do you have to add for today's app before we wrap it up? Well, I just, I just agree completely with what you just said. I, I mean, I still believe in Darius Garland. I bought in Darius Garland when he was cheaper and I'm, I love him as a, as a fan and as a, you know, a collector. And at the same time, do I have a dozen Darius Garland cards that I wish I hadn't bought yet and instead bought? I mean, there were other guys I was liking and talking about, like Shea Gilgis Alexander is one of them. Um, you know, there are so many lanes to run in. Like we got through a whole episode and didn't say the words De'Aaron Fox. If that guy didn't show you what he can do and what the Kings can do, uh, it takes teams a little while to build up their playoff stamina and to build up their playoff uh, nerves. So I think next year, Sacramento, Memphis, Cleveland, some of these teams bounce back. Like, remember the Knicks were awful in their first playoff appearance, but then they got Jalen Brunson and they, they're moving down. Um, I'm just saying, yeah, it's good, yeah. To, good to be strategic. Buy one or two great cards of a guy you believe in. Uh, don't, is that what you're saying? Don't get yourself in over your head with one prospect and you bought it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, and Brett, I think is saying this in the comments too. Like he had said it earlier in the show, like basically he thinks it takes about four years to figure out if, 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 if the guy is, is going to be anything or not like, and so we're looking at SGA, we're looking at the Aaron Fox. I mean, De'Aaron Fox is more in the what, like six year window, but still that's young. Yep. And so, but what I guess what I'm saying is like, don't go out and buy Cade, Lamelo, Jalen Green, because you want to try to cover who's going to get Wembenyama, and De'Aaron Fox because you believe in him, and SGA because you believe in him, and LeBron. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Pick, yeah. pick, pick two of those things that you think that that, and 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 to like Chad would say, like go and do. You know, if you go back in the comments on this episode, Chad basically says, <laughs> and he says this on a lot of our content at NoOffSeason.com. If you want to upgrade there, you can get a free year. Uh, email me at paul at nooffseason.com. That's why I recommend buy in bulk. Buy yep. 5, 10, 20 of the same card to get the card graded. Get 50% uh, gem 10s. Don't care about the 8s or 9s. Make the money on the 10s. So yep. basically what I'm saying is like do that for De'Aaron Fox only. 
do that for De'Aaron Fox only for like with the with the highest gem rate cards for one month. Spend your one month budget on that. Send them off to PSA, and then if you have enough still in your bankroll for that next month, then pick one more thing to do that next month that makes sense for what the play is going to be. Then your Fox cards will come back in four months. Uh, you'll get them in uh, in enough time to either sell them in. October, November, February, next playoff run, all that stuff, right? Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks, Paul. I love it. I love this conversation. All these people. We're hype, man. We're hype today. We're yelling at each other. (laughs) Good work, everybody. Don't forget to get a a year uh, free of the premium content at nooffseason.com. Email me at paul at nooffseason.com to find out how. Don't forget to check out graybos.co. Graybos. Uh, at cards at on IG hoops and cards hoops and cards on IG hoops and cards.com hoops and cards, the pod Gary, you are the best man. Sorry if I, uh, if I dominated this episode, but you're definitely the star. Um, Thanks for doing it. Great All right. You got it, man. Audience, everybody love everybody in the audience. AG cards. Thanks for the debate on KD. Keep bringing it. Uh, Rocky Empire Sports. KD does not suck. He's awesome. KD is KD does not suck. AG, we love you. (laughs) Brett, we love you. Evan, Chad, Shoes, Rocky. Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey. Everybody, thanks so much. Have a great day. I'm going to get to the rock music. We're going to jam. See you guys soon. That was great, Paul.